welcome to the podcast. Coming to you from the Midwest Coast. I'm inside that miraculous establishment, the Midwest Healing Center, Leg of the Ozarks Podcast, Studio B. This is the New Old School Podcast. I am your host, Don Allen. Tell somebody about the podcast. It's all free. You know, you can download any of these free apps, any mobile device, Podbean, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, iTunes Store, Spotify. They're all free. You can join the thousands upon thousands listening every week from all over this blue marble planet. Let's check it out today. United States at the top of the list. Australia's back in second. Nigeria, Singapore, Philippines, Canada, Latvia, South Africa, the UK. We've got Hungary, Rwanda, Albania, Norway, Netherlands, Germany, Israel, India, Macedonia, Trinidad and Tobago, Zimbabwe, and parts unknown. Well, thank you so much for helping to spread the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ worldwide. What an amazing time we live in that people from all over the world can tune in to what I'm saying from a little bitty town here in the Midwest of 900 people, even reaching those uh, unknown parts. Well, this was how God intended for media to be used. Well, do you remember we're in a series titled The Lord's Prayer, that most, what I would say, probably most famous prayer. Jesus, in response to the disciples' request, Lord, teach us how to pray. And, um, you know, on the surface, as I mentioned before in previous podcasts, this prayer wouldn't seem all that powerful compared to some we hear today. But this was provided not to be a word-for-word repeating of a prayer, but rather a guide, a reminder as we have been digging deeper into to see what each line actually represents at the root of each statement that Jesus said. So we've been going through this prayer step by step. We've been looking into these scriptures. We wanted to see what it is that Jesus was actually saying here. And we have seen so far in the previous podcast in this series that there is a purpose of prayer. We saw the person of prayer. Our Father, you and I have the same Father as Jesus. God is our Father. We saw the petition of prayer, Lord, give us. And that it was okay to ask for some things. The petition, Lord, give to me, not a selfish thing. Because I don't know if you know this or not, but God loves to take care of his children. So he expects us to ask for it. And it takes faith to do that. That's pleasing to God. We saw he wanted us to ask for protection from evil, that God would protect us, and provision that God would supply all of your needs daily. Give us this day our daily bread. Well, we discovered that was both spiritual and natural bread, sustenance, if you will. Now, if you missed any of these podcasts, of course, they are all there for you in order to go back and take a listen to them. And um, let's look again at this prayer in Matthew 6. In this manner, therefore, pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. Today, let's look at verse 12, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. Now, uh, we know this prayer wraps up in verse 13. 
But look at verses 14 and 15. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Wow, this is serious. Do we know this? So right after the Lord's, I mean, do we know this? Because people holding grudges, do we know this? Holding grudges and what we want forgiven though. We want forgiven, but we're holding grudges. Hmm. Right after the Lord's prayer, this is what he says. If you do not forgive, then my father will not forgive you. If you will not release others from their debts, God will not release you from yours. Very, very important part. Two parts to this. Number one, we have to confess our debts. So this Greek word used for debts, it's only used two times. Now, there's another Greek word that is used for debts in the New Testament, and that's the one I think we understand more so. It means a loan that you can repay. And, um, you know, that's, that's the way I think most of us probably understand the word debt or debts. A loan that we have the income to be able to repay or we have the means to be able to repay it at some point, it is a debt, a debt that is manageable. But this, is, this isn't that word in Matthew 6. This word in Matthew 6, it's used again in Matthew 18, but this one means a loan that is justly due, but you can never repay it. It's legally due, but you cannot repay it. It's too much. It's like, it's like a bankruptcy debt, a debt so high that your means of income cannot ever repay this, something you'll have to be forgiven of. You'll have to be pardoned like bankruptcy. There is a debt that we cannot pay. And yet this says, confess those debts that you can never repay. So we need to understand something about forgiveness because if you have a problem forgiving others, it's because you have a problem receiving forgiveness or forgiving yourself. If you are one who struggles to receive forgiveness from God, it's going to be hard to forgive others. Many times, people that have a problem forgiving others it's because you struggle, you're struggling to forgive yourself. This is a debt that we cannot pay back. We cannot earn God's forgiveness. Matthew 10 and verse 8, freely you have received, freely give. Now, the reason that people can't freely is because they haven't received freely. You can't give it freely. You haven't received it freely. If you think in any way, shape, or form that you are earning God's forgiveness, then you'll make others earn your forgiveness. Listen, I was married to someone like this in the past who never was able to simply receive God's forgiveness apart from works. This person felt as though they would have to earn this because that's how she was raised uh, uh, by a man who could not receive God's forgiveness freely. And so you had to earn his forgiveness. You had to work for it and hope that you did enough. And so people do this with God. That, hey, well, see, I'm doing better. I'm reading my Bible. So this person would, you could see it in her life. When the, when the works would ramp up, you knew, oh, she's trying to work hard enough to earn God's favor and forgiveness again. She's done something. So sow more, like uh, you know, give more money to the church, volunteer more at church that week, clean the church, read your Bible more that week and pray more. And it, it was works-based forgiveness, thinking that you can earn something that was freely given. This is a debt that you cannot pay back. This is a debt that must be pardoned. This is the pardon of prayer. And we all have had this thought, I'm sure at some point with someone, they haven't earned my forgiveness. They've not tried to make it right and ask for forgiveness. So no, I'm not going to pardon them. 
Well, we haven't earned God's forgiveness either. Forgive us as we forgive others. Is this conditional? Is forgiveness conditional? Now, we don't like to think so, and yet here I'm seeing forgive me as I have forgiven others. Ooh, boy. We probably have some things that we're going to need to get straightened out here. Now, I know for me, there, there's still one, uh, probably two, probably two people for sure that I know, that I know that I have not forgiven of sins that they committed against me. Really big sins that affected my life terribly. As a matter of fact, I'm still dealing with some of the fallout from some of those sins committed against me. And so it's sitting here on me. And I've even said at recent time, well, I would forgive them if they asked, if they asked for it, but they sinned against me in public. And so they're going to have to apologize in public. They're going to literally have to stand in the pulpit. Right? Listen, this is what, this is, I'm telling you where I'm at. I'm being honest with you today. I've said this. They're going to have to literally stand in, in my pulpit on Facebook Live, having tagged those people who they lied to, and have them tune in to the live video as this person publicly admits that they lied and run down the lies one by one to be sure that we got it taken care of. That's what I've held on to. And yet here I'm saying, yeah, but God, you know, I, I need you to pardon me though. And thank God he's not saying, well, yeah, okay, after you stand in your pulpit and publicly admit to each one of these sins that you're asking for forgiveness for live on Facebook. Well, wow, that kind of paints a little bit of a different picture for me here. I'm going to have to forgive these people right away. I mean, really forgive them. And if being honest, sometimes I don't want to. And other times when I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking, I can't do it. I could say the words, but I wouldn't mean it. What am I saying? I'm going to have to allow Holy Spirit to do a work in my heart on this. I have to trust Holy Spirit with this one and submit myself to God. If I really understood what took place when God forgave me, then I know I could do it. I could look at this example and I could see this is how it's done. Romans 4 and verse 3, for what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. It was accounted to him. It was put in his account by God as he was believing God. God took righteousness and placed that in his account. On the other side of this, God takes sin out of our account and places that in Jesus's account. 2 Corinthians 5, 19 That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Not imputing, that's an accounting term. God is not counting our sins against us. Listen to me, this may be shocking to you, but read that scripture again. God was in Christ reconciling the who? The world. Did you notice that again, it doesn't say believers. It doesn't say Christians, it says the world, not imputing their sins to them. Listen to me, God already has taken care of all of the world's sins. See, if he hasn't done that, then when when, when a lost person gets born again, Jesus would have to die again. Well, we know that that's never going to happen as Hebrews says he died once and for all. So every person's sin has been paid for. Now, that does not mean that everyone is born again because we have a free will and we can choose to receive him or we can choose to reject him. The Bible tells us what true believers are. It says, Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. James says, but what if Abraham had not enacted his faith and put it into works? What if his life had not changed, then his faith would have been dead? 
he would not have really been working for God. There would have been no change. So we can say all day, I believe in Jesus, but if you're still living your life for you, well, pretty simple. Jesus said it clearly. Why do you say, Lord, Lord, and do not say what I say? He said, when it comes time, I'll say to you, depart from me. I never knew you. Because if you really believed something, you'd do it. So if you believed in Jesus, you'll live for Jesus. And when we truly believe, God will put righteousness into your account, but God has taken sin out of everybody else's account already. It's called propitiation. It means that God's wrath has already been settled on this issue. Jesus took everybody's sin upon himself. As the Bible says, he who knew no sin, he became sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He took all of that sin and he placed it into Jesus's account. That's why God could charge him with our sin. So let me go on and give you another shocking statement. People don't go to hell because of sin. Jesus has already paid for everyone's sins. I just saw this at the Baptist church down the road. Uh, Sinful people will not go to heaven, it said. Sinful people, no, it said sinful people will not live in heaven. Sinful people will not live in heaven. That's what the sign said. People do not go to hell because of sin. Jesus already paid for everybody's sins. They don't go to hell because of sin. So get that off your shoulder right now. People go to hell because of unbelief. The Bible doesn't say that he who does not sin has life, and he that sins does not have life. He that doesn't believe doesn't have life. He that believes has life. This is why it's easy to get saved, because God has taken care of the sin issue. Now, you just have to believe it. People go to hell because they do not believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, not because of sin. If that's the case, we're all screwed on any given day. But when we have thought about confessing our sins, this is what we think that there's this big, long file cabinet in heaven of all these files, of all the sins that I ever committed. So, Lord, I'm, I'm coming today, and I'm confessing such and such. And God says, uh, hold on now, let me, haven't you confessed this before? Let me pull out this file cabinet, and he pulls this thing out, you know, and it's, I mean, and he's digging through it, and he's checking the file. He's like, uh, one, two, three, ten, hundred, it's 160, 185 times as of this confession today for this particular sin. And that was just in 2023. No, God God has taken sin out of my account. So my account has one word in it. He opens it up and it says righteous. Oh, he took sin out and placed righteousness in. So if this is true, then why do we have to confess our sins then? Well, because he said to confess them. Luke uses the word sin in his account of the Lord's prayer. Sin is a debt we cannot pay. We have to be pardoned of it. Why do we confess? There's a difference of shedding and sprinkling. So Jesus shed his blood once and for all. He's never going to do it again. But we can sprinkle the blood when we need it. Hebrews 9 and verse 14, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Cleanse your conscience, your conscience. The same word in Hebrews 10, 22, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Here's what happens, okay? That when we as believers sin, our conscience convicts us, right? Our heart, it'll tell you that, hey, you knew that wasn't right. You knew you shouldn't have done that. 
But the only one who condemns us is the devil. He finds us guilty, and it causes an evil conscience. And if we do not get that thing cleansed, sprinkled by the blood, washed clean, if we don't do that, then we have an evil conscience. And we begin to serve God out of dead works and and make up to God. So we say, yeah, I did it. I did that. So I'll, I'll read an extra chapter in the Bible. Guys, I'm telling you, I lived with someone who did this for over 30 years. She would spend most of her time trying to get back in the good graces of God by works. So it would cut out family and doing things with us because she had to study her Bible more. She had to read scriptures more. Take notes, my gosh, the piles and piles of freaking notes. So it was giving more money that week. It was having to be at church more. Like we had to be there earlier so we could pay for her sins. It was canceling dinner plans on a Saturday night because you know what? I, I, I said that we would clean the church this week. I, 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 I have to get, she was covering for what she had done. No, she didn't say it, but that's exactly what it was. And she had a really hard time forgiving others. You had to earn your way back into her life. She didn't say it, but this is what was happening. And that's how she treated relationships with herself. Now you're going to need to work to get back in with me and be forgiven right? That we're going to have to make up, serve God out of dead works. A work that tries to appease God, a dead work. In John 6, they said, tell us the works of God that we might do them. And he said, this is the work of God that you should believe on him. So if you in any way think that you're trying to pay for something with God, you wouldn't confess it. We confess it to cleanse our minds and God sprinkles the blood to wash us clean in that area. And now we just say, thank you. I believe it. Thank you. I receive it then we can walk like God walks and stop bringing it up again. We do this. We keep bringing up our own sins, and that's an indication that we have not done this. Here's God saying he chooses to remember no more. He chooses to not recall it. He chooses not to think about it ever again, not bringing it up again. So why do we do that? No, you'll be reminded of it, but don't bring it up. Quit discussing it ever again. We can be just like God and not bring it up. How many times I had to pay for my sins over and over because somebody would always remind me of what I did. No, that's not God. Don't do it to anybody and don't do it to yourselves. So number one, confess your debts. So give us this day our daily bread. Remember, could it be possible that the Lord's prayer is a daily prayer? Should we confess our sins daily to be cleansed in our minds and to forgive others daily? I think it's quite possible that we should be doing this. So confess our debts. And number two, release your debts. Matthew 18. Then Peter came to him and he said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Jesus said, I do not say to you up to seven times, but 70 times seven. I think in knowing Peter, we know uh, at this time in his walk with Jesus, he was really asking, hey, listen, here's the deal. If somebody sins against me and I forgive them seven times, can I in the eighth time beat the brakes off of them or not? right? I mean, we're talking about Peter. Is that okay with you, Jesus? And Jesus said, no, 70 times seven. So this is written in Greek. Jesus spoke Hebrew and Aramaic, but this is actually 77 fold. This was a saying found in the Old Testament that used, they used this in Israel. They knew what it was. Uh, Genesis 4, 23 and 24. Look what this says. Then Lamech said to his wives, Ada and Zillah, hear my voice. Wives of Lamech, listen to my speech. For I have killed a man for wounding me, even a young man for hurting me. If Cain shall be avenged sevenfold, 
than Lamech 77-fold. So this was used in Israel as an expression for a person who gets revenge. And when it went over the top, like an over-the-top revenge. So it's like, okay, listen, if you came after me, this is what I'm like. You'll wish that you had not because you'll get a lot more coming back at you. What are they saying? It's over-the-top revenge. But we've said this before probably in our lives. Somebody wanting to start trouble with me, well, you better pack a lunch because we're going to be at it all day, and I'm going to totally destroy you and your whole life and your whole family and your dogs and your, right, revenge. Here's what's amazing. Jesus was saying, in the same way that you used to give people, used to give revenge on people, now I want you to use that model to forgive people. Over the top, extreme forgiveness of others. Now it's, oh, you want to come against me and do wrong against me? Here's what's coming to you then. Grace. Oh, yeah? Well, listen. Forgive you. And a lot of it. I'm going to love you and I'm going to forgive you. Then he says, Matthew 18. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. When he'd begun to settle his accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Now, in today's money, that's over $52 million, people. So the average wage then was about $4 a day. That's, that's about $4 more than what I'm making right now as a pastor. Just kidding, but not really. So this guy owed $52 million. Matthew 18, 25 through 28, but he was, he was not able to pay. His master commanded that he be sold with his wife and his children and all that he had and that his payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him saying, master, have patience with me. I will pay you all. The master of that servant was moved with compassion. He released him. He forgave him his debt, but that servant went out and he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid his hands on him and took him by the throat saying, pay me what you owe. Verses 29 through 30, so his fellow servant fell down at his feet and he begged him saying, have patience with me, I will pay you all. And he would not, but he went and he threw him in prison till he should pay his debt. The debt is the debt in which you could repay. Matthew 18, 31 through 34, so when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved. They came and told their master all that had been done. This master, after he had called him, he said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. This was the debt that you could not be repaid. It had to be pardoned. It had to be forgiven. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you, and his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay that which was due him? Matthew 18, 35, So my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Oh, my gosh. This is serious. If you do not forgive, my father will not forgive. You will be turned over to torment. Hebrews 12 and verse 15, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up, cause trouble. And by this, many became defiled. Bitterness and unforgiveness. I believe it's the number one reasons for Christians being in a bondage. I'm watching it here with some folks that I have in the church, and it is ugly. Oh, if we could get people to forgive others, in the way that they've been forgiven by God themselves. But the reason we don't most of the time is because they're still trying to earn their forgiveness and not just receive it from God. And I believe this is why Jesus said, you need to be praying this every day. You need to be reminded that you have a debt that you could never repay and that your father has forgiven you and he has pardoned you from that debt and he will continue to do so every single day. If we will pray every day, he's gonna remind you every day, you could not pay that, but I pardon you. I forgive you if 
you, servant, go out and do the same for others. Every one of us can relate to Barabbas, that thief that was caught, and he committed murder during the robbery, and he's going to be crucified for this. And he's, he's sitting in, in the, you know, he's waiting, he's in his cell waiting to be killed by horrible means, and he hears the footsteps coming to his cell. Just see the picture, right? We're talking about Barabbas. You remember who Barabbas is, right? Give us Barabbas. You want Jesus? You want Barabbas. Give us Barabbas. This man was in a robbery. The other guys, they did commit the robbery, but he killed somebody during the robbery. Now, he's going to be crucified for this. They're going to kill him. He's sitting in his cell, and he's waiting for them to kill him by, by terrible means. And he hears the footsteps coming, and the, and the guard opening his cell, and he says the same thing to him that God is saying to every one of us. Barabbas, you're free because Jesus is dying in your place. And he says in Matthew 18, somebody just like that went out and found somebody that owed him and he did not forgive him. But you've been forgiven of every single thing that you've ever done in your life. Every single thing. And Jesus has taken your place and you are free to go. We need to receive God's grace every day. Why? So that we can extend God's grace every day. Oh, Father God, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Let us never forget that's all been taken care of. When Jesus took our sin, he took it out of our account, placed it in his account. Then he took his righteousness out of his account, and he placed it into our account. Now we can stand before the Father as sin, guilt, and shame never existed. That was a debt you could not pay. Aren't you so glad you were pardoned today? So go forth and do the same for others. Thank you for joining me today. That's all the time that I have. This is the New Old School Podcast. I am your host, Don Allen. Until next time, I'm going to be walking in that forgiveness every day, and I'm going to be believing God to help me forgive others. You know why? So I can attempt the ridiculous and achieve the miraculous.